Hello and welcome to episode two of Family Folklore, a paranormal podcast. Coming to you from the Crystal City, I'm Shelby Lane, and today we are once again bringing you spooky stories from the local area. On today's episode, you're going to hear about an authentic haunted house, a local business with a playful haunt, and a ghostly backseat driver. As always, we're coming to you to conduct these interviews, so please be aware that you may hear some background noise from time to time. That being said, today we're starting with a series of stories about a true haunted house. If you go back to our latest episode, you're going to hear the beginning of this story from my cousin Candy, and we're going to start this story in the middle of that interview. At this point, she and I were just getting into the creepy history of our grandmother's house. For any first-time listeners out there, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode one so you know what we're talking about. As I said, you know, I, I think it's just the land. It's something to do with the land. But I will tell you this one thing. As an adult, I still, to this day, and my sister is the same, we will not walk past my grandmother's house after the sun goes down. Really? Not even kidding. That is, it's a creepy house. It is a creepy house. I will give you that. And and I remember as, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I would pull up in the driveway and I'd go up to the door and, like, no one would be home. Come on. No one's home. No one's home. No one's, you know. You'd start to panic. Go to my car (laughs) and I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So, you know, that whole house has its own just creepy vibe. It really does. I remember, so, uh, you know, for our listeners, I grew up around the corner, so just a, a far enough distance where I'm not, I can't see the house, I can't see my grandmother's house, um, but a short bike ride away. So me and the other cousins my age, I remember getting on our bikes and, you know, okay, we're going to go ride down to grandma's house, because um, that was completely acceptable in the early 90s, so that's oh, fine. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I remember riding down there, and the same kind of vibe, I remember we'd get there, and if if nobody was home, it was like, oh, well, we got to get home. Exactly. Right now. Like, we're not going near the house. We're not going to go play on the porch. Like, get your butt home. And I remember that same kind of vibe. Like, you didn't want to be there alone. Yeah. Um, I know that some other people have given me stories about things that have happened to them in that house. Yes. And not only is it creepy, it looks creepy. Oh, yeah. It's like the house on the end of the street in every horror movie. That they're like, don't go in that house. Yeah, don't don't go there, <laughs> kids. You know, trouble I mean, awaits. The new It movie. I don't know if you saw Oh my god, yeah. I th- yeah, I think we went together. Um, yeah, that house in It. I was like, that reminds me of my grandma's house. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just the absolutely. creepy house on the block that you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to go there. All the kids kind of ride a little faster past it. That kind of house. Um, but yeah, really old. And it's been sitting on that land forever. It's got to be at least, what, 200 years old? At least. Just the age of the place. Yeah, very interesting. So I will uh, do a little more digging and see what else I can find on that property and on that. I mean, I do know a lot of people have passed away in their house. Right, which you would think has to leave something. A lot of family members have passed. So, yeah, that's that in and of itself, I think. Has a creep factor. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the thing that always got me about that house is the little house next to it. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It's a little cabin thing that I give it you know to give you some dimensions on how small this little shack is it's probably smaller than most people's bedroom it's that yeah. little 
it's it looks like a little it was like the first tiny house yeah it kind of <laughs> seems like a toll booth you know when you look at it size wise it can't be more than an eight by six you know yeah. it's tiny and um i remember there's somebody actually lived there yes a I, really I long know. time ago i don't know what the deal was with that i remember as a kid though like i'd ride my bike down and i'd get the courage up to go and, and kind of take a look and you can never really see in the windows. Yeah. You, just, you, couldn't see. you don't know what's in there. Yeah. There's a door and two windows, and that thing has stood there forever. That room's, like, totally hidden. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. But, like, it just, it's always sat there, and no one's ever touched it. And that in and of itself is a little bit... Why? I remember I always looked away when I was driving past it. <laughs> I never wanted to stare at it. You don't want to see I was like, I don't want to... Exactly. You. Like, whether it's, like, a hobo or it's yeah. a ghost. Like, I just didn't want to see it. No, I hear you. And it's so far out in the country that if you saw something, it's you're going to have to say something. Again, it's something that, you know, once that sun's down, forget it. I'm not, not going to bother with it, right? It's not happening. I'm not going near it. I'm not going. But I'm not. I've spoken to people that don't even live on this hill that are just driven up here, and they're like, that gives me the creeps. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And, like, most people think it's like a little shed or something, and then they look at it, and it looks like a house. So, it does. you know, because of that, it's this tiny little house that's, you know, kind of leaning. Um, it, it just, it, like I said about, you know, our grandmother's house, it just looks like it's out of a horror movie. After talking to Candy about her experiences with that house and this area in general, I was really excited to find more. And lucky for me, Sherry had lots of stories about the house that she grew up in. So I'll start with one long ago? I yeah. I know the basic date. Wow, it must have been a good one if you know the date of it. It didn't happen at home. It happened at my mom's. Do I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it happened at your mom's, which is close to where you currently live. So, uh, but we, it wasn't close to where I lived then. I lived in Corning. So you lived in Corning. This was up on the hill. So we talked about this a little bit with Candy about it's in Steuben County, but we're not going to give an exact location. Just suffice to say it's up on a hill kind of outside Gibson at this house uh, that is known for things. So, yeah, tell me about what happened. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. Okay. So it was in May of 1971. I just had my first child, and I lived in an upstairs apartment, so I couldn't handle the steps. So I went to stay at my mom's for a few days. And this one day, everybody had left. Everybody had either gone to work or gone shopping. And the baby and I were home alone. We were there for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and nothing out of the ordinary happened. My mother-in-law called me. So I'm talking to her in, um, I guess you'd call it the sitting room. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I heard something. And I went to check. I had to go through the kitchen to the bathroom. And when I got there, the bathroom sink was on full blast. And there was nobody else home? There was nobody home. And it had been a long time since everybody left. I'd been home alone. Never heard anything. And all of a sudden, when I'm on the phone, I hear it. And I had been in the kitchen. I had been in the bathroom. Do you think it's because of who you're on the phone with? I don't think so. You just think it wanted your attention? Yeah. It just came on. Wow. And I didn't get off the phone until somebody <laughs> came home. So it wasn't too long when somebody came home. 
Did you have to turn the faucets off? Like where yep. the faucets turned? Yep. They wow. were turned on full blast. And there's no way I would have left faucets on full blast. Plus, I never heard them until I'm on the phone. So I'm talking, and I'm all of a sudden distracted by a noise. And, and I couldn't figure it was. And I, yeah, I went in there, and I turned up the faucets, closed the door, and ran into the phone and told my mother-in-law she could not hang up until somebody came home. <laughs> <laughs> That's reasonable, I think. <laughs> so that was scary. I was... You know, because it just happened, and it wasn't like they could come on themselves. You had to turn them. Yeah. yeah. And they okay. weren't loose, and they hadn't been on before. And you're on a well up here. Yep. So it's not like there's some unknown water pressure that would have made that happen. No. And if it had been on all the time for a long period of time, it would have overrun the sink, and it didn't. But it was coming out full blast. So I was... And you grew up scared. in that house, right? I grew up in that house, and that house has always been scary. Have other things happened when you were a kid that you remember? Or just always had a feeling? We've always been afraid of it. We've always been scared when we'd sleep upstairs. We'd always hear, like, it sounded like footsteps coming up the steps. And our bed was right up near the steps. We never walked down the steps. We ran down the steps. Really? Everybody, yeah, all of us did. All of us kids did. We were always afraid. And did you, I mean any idea of like what could have been causing that or you just always remember the house having that we kind of sinister it. feeling we just remember it and um to date five people have died in the house oh since like that you know of yes that so was, know it, of. was it owned before or was it built by your parents not sure it wasn't no it's that house has got to be by now it's got to be at least 200 years old wow yeah so people before that but it went back to my great-grandparents great-grandfather paternal great-grandmother maternal both grandparents and uncle so so it's been through the family it's always been in the family yes so five and they all actually died in the house interesting yeah so do you think it could be them, or do you think it's the property? Like, what is it? I think Does it's it feel, the property. Yeah, you don't think it, it doesn't feel like family? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It just feels scary. Nobody likes to go down there alone. And, and if I'd walk down there and, and you knew nobody was home, but you, if I needed something, I still wouldn't go in by myself. That's too funny, because Candy, when we were speaking to her, said the same thing. That, like, and I, I know as a kid myself, like, going down there, if somebody wasn't home, you left immediately. It's not, like, a place that you even hung out on the porch and waited. Nope. Nope. You just kind of, okay, I'm not going to be here. Exactly. <laughs> not, a, not a comfortable place. It never was when we were growing up. While I can't personally imagine living in a house that made me that uncomfortable as a child, you didn't have to live there for this house to have an effect on you. In our last interview about this topic, Melissa describes some rooms upstairs that might have a little more to them than meets the eye. Melissa, Candy is your sister. Mm-hmm. And Sherry's your mom. So you also grew up in a house that had some interesting things going on, but you don't necessarily have stories about that. I don't. I've never had anything happened to me here I've never experienced anything here nothing's ever just made me freeze and stop but um you grew up your grandmother's house down the road we've talked a lot about this scary house house. yes that everyone gets the heebie-jeebies around and won't stay in if they're alone (laughs) grandma used to we used to get off the bus there so grandma would watch us and I would never ever be in a room by myself ever I just 
like going into the bathroom when you have to be by yourself is kind of like freaky. It's you really just, funny that you say that because like I just got this visceral sensation about going to the bathroom in her house. I remember being terrified of being in there alone. Yeah. I used to make mom go with me. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And it's, it's interesting because when like our parents were growing up, mm-hmm. they didn't have that bathroom there. Oh really? It was an really? addition. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think they started meeting the house before they got the bathroom in there. So for a long time, that area never, unless they knocked it down, but I think it was added on. I, I know that they didn't have a bathroom inside the house growing up. Right. Yeah, I knew but, that too. Yeah, the bathroom really, I just, like any place in the house, any room, if grandma moved to the kitchen, I'd move to the kitchen. If, <laughs> if they moved to the living room, I'd move there. And their basement is really creepy. I had gone down there with, with grandma. I remember, the coal. There were, they had, they must have heated with coal at one time, and there was still coal downstairs. And again, it's a basement, so it's probably just because it's a basement. But that was. I think I went up without her. <laughs> I I did not know that that house had a basement. Mm-hmm. And there's an entryway outside to it too. Oh, Bilko doors like a Bilko door entry, or is it like a stairwell? You walk down, and then it's a regular door. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So like a recess. It's between the two flower beds. Okay. You know the really yeah. So is there an entrance from inside the house or only from outside? Outside and inside in the what they call the parlor. Okay. The one room that they keep closed off. Mm Mm-hmm. You walk into the kitchen, and then that door. But when you turn to the left, the basement entry is in that room. Oh, okay. Isn't the attic entry in that room too? Yes, the attic entry is um, just down the wall. Oh, yeah, so they're so next the, to each other. Okay. Yeah. So I knew I knew about the attic entry. I guess I never noticed that second door. Yeah. Well, Grandma's got pictures on it now. Okay. But when I was a kid, she didn't have such a large family, so her house <laughs> wasn't, like, all covered with pictures. So. so did you have any experiences in the house other than a weird feeling? Mostly weird feeling, creepy feeling. Um, I remember I used to go upstairs with with great-grandma, and she would go into what she called Uncle Albert's room, which was a nice, bright bedroom mm-hmm. up there. And the bed was still made, and they had this picture of... It's a very old picture. I don't know whose parents it were. they were, but it's very old. The woman's got one of the long dresses on, and they both look really grumpy. And, <laughs> no know, smiling before they smiled in photos? Right, when and Grammy would go into Grandma would go into the chest, and there were old newspapers in there. So I always thought it was interesting, and she always let me come up with her. Mm-hmm. And she said she told me one time, of course, while we were in the bedroom, that she was sleeping up there, and this was after I guess Grandpa died, because she said that she felt somebody crawl into bed with her. Oh, and put their arm around her. When oh. she was sleeping in Albert's room. Interesting. She told me that story. She was full. But great-grandma liked to scare you, too, because I was coming up, I was walking, <laughs> and it was dark, and she's like, be careful of the bear. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, there's probably truth to it, but... But she also liked to scare but you. But she, yeah, you have to know that she liked to scare you as well. However, when I was in the attic, she would kind of go through... Mm-hmm. And like there's, it's like a big open room, 
and then the two bedrooms are on the when you turn from the stairs well you walk up and your back would be to the two bedrooms okay as you're walking up the stairs mm -hmm. and then you face the two bedrooms as you were coming down got it but there's a bedroom way off in the corner and when Grammy would go over there I just stayed put I couldn't go over there it's so good. is that the room that they call the boys room yeah the okay. boys room because I've heard about that a lot yeah it's just void of light there's it's got windows in it mm -hmm. but it's completely void there's like it's like a dark hole like a black hole it's very I could never go near it really that bad that you couldn't go to the room no not even near the door not even on that side of the the attic where that room was I always stayed on the side where they have what they call Uncle Al's room I never ever crossed over to the other side wow ever because that dark room was just so petrified. and that's what they that's what everyone says is it was just so dark all the time for no, no real reason just constantly couldn't and I went bright. up grandma used to go up the stairs a lot so I would go up there with her and yeah, never, never once could I go over there. Huh. So it's just a creepy room. Mm -hmm. And not even in the open space either. I, I couldn't cross, I couldn't go. There was like a halfway point, and that's where I. Because you couldn't stop. like cross the doorway. Mm -mm. Hmm. No, Graham try, Grammy tried to get me to, and I'm like, she'd be like, come here, look at this. And I'd be like, can you bring it over? <laughs> you know? And I mean, this isn't as a little kid. I was. You know, I mean, I grew up down there. Right. So, yeah, it's also like the teenage years, too. So you just always remember it scaring you? You yeah. can't think of anything in particular that made it scary for you, just a bad feeling. Right, yeah, it's just a bad, creepy feeling. And it seems like everybody gets the same feeling about that particular space. Yeah. Like, everyone has described it to me the same way, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's just creepy. And I remember walking down to Grandma's one time, because we never called. We just always walked down and right. and showed up, and nobody was home. I knocked on the door, and then I turned the knob, and it was locked, so that meant nobody was home. I ran all the way home. Ran <laughs> down the driveway and all the way home, up the hill. It's, it's a hill, too. It's yeah. not far, but it is a hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that vividly, and I was a teenager then. I was petrified even to be near it. Near that had to get away. Place. Yeah, and, and, and I'm like, not a runner. I never have been. <laughs> you don't run unless something's chasing you. That's what I say. I was a swimmer. I didn't run. But you were running away from that house. Yeah. Yeah, I know when when I used to go down there, stop in if there wasn't somebody home. Like I also would get out of there quickly. And I remember there being like a swing set in the yard and and the stuff that you could have played on as a kid. There's always cats running around. Like I did stuff play on this. I did play on the swing set. Yeah. And then on the front porch, they used to have, I used to love to swing with grandma, and uh -huh. with great grandma on the front porch. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where she would hang out a lot. But none of those areas, if nobody was around. Exactly. If nobody's home, like all of that was just nope. Yep. Nope. And I did. I ran up. <laughs> I remember breathing hard when I got to our driveway, but I didn't stop until we got to our driveway. Wow. Mm hmm. It's a really visceral feeling that surrounds that house of just like when you're alone, you're scared. You are. You're petrified. Well, I was. Yeah. The only time I ever stayed in a room when nobody was with me was when I had a really, really, really bad migraine. And then whatever happened, happened. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, at that point, <laughs> but, you're like, come and get me, ghost. <laughs> but that's like 
the only time. And then there, of course, had to be people in the house. I had to hear them. Right. Because even with a migraine, like Grandma used to lay me down in her bedroom downstairs, the one, the very back bedroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to hear people. Because even, be mi- even with a migraine, I would come out if I couldn't hear anybody. Wow. Yeah. With my heart pounding. Thinking just, you were by yourself. Yeah. And then the way it looks, it's... Yeah, it looks... It looks creepy now. It does. It didn't always, but now it does kind of look creepy, too. Worse that now it kind of looks then, like a haunted house. And, and Grandma Wilson told me a story about when, during World War II, Uncle Lee was overseas. Um, our great-uncle, her brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she remembers seeing Uncle Lee. Really? At her bedroom door, dressed in his uniform. But he was overseas. But he was overseas. That's so interesting. Like, I'm interviewing somebody um, who has a doppelganger story about seeing someone that they, they believe is a family member, but mm-hmm. that family member couldn't be there at that time. Yeah, and I mean, Uncle Lee survived the war, so it's not like he passed away and she was being visited or no, anything like that. No, he was just he was away. In the war. Wow. Yeah, and she swears that it was Uncle Lee that she saw, and she truly believes, you know, like grandma believed upstairs that somebody put their arm around her while she was in bed. Grandma Wilson truly believed she saw Uncle Lee. Right. And Uncle Lee had very, he was a very distinct looking mm-hmm. person. You couldn't, he didn't have like a common face. Uh huh. So. It had to be startling to think you see something like that. Like, yeah. And then with them being at war, you don't know if they're okay or. Right. Like I've woken up with dreams that something happened to my dad and I've called right away. Right, that to make sure happen. everything was <laughs> to make sure everything was okay, and she wasn't able to do that either. So that's so she just kind of had to wait. That must have yeah. must live in fear for a little while. Yeah, until that next letter. Yeah, wow. what a cool story though. Yep, she swears it. Wow, it's an interesting old house. It is interesting, yeah. Interesting is definitely one word that I would use to describe what's going on in that house. We're going to keep digging into the history of the house. If we find anything else, we'll be sure to report back. But for right now... This interview also includes our final story of this episode. It's actually the story that inspired the title. We buried the lead a little bit on this one, but if you stick with us to the end, we promise it's worth it. Thank you for sitting down with me. I appreciate you coming to talk to me. Um, So I'm here with Bonnie, and you have some paranormal stories for us. I do have a couple. And local, right? Local. I have uh, one local, one not so local, but mm-hmm. but I absolutely I do have a local one. Okay, let's start um, there. Sure. Uh, well, I was at this uh, local business, and uh, we'll just say that it, it's a very well-known place in the local area. Um, one letter that <laughs> will say it all, but anyway... Um, I was was there, and I happened to be down on a lower level. And so it's a large building, right? It, it's a very large building. Very large building. Very old building. Very old building, yes. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of history here, and 
um, stuff that you know dates way way back. Um, you know, probably I'm guessing around 1800s, somewhere around that neighborhood. But anyway, um, I, you know, I didn't really. I've had experiences before, so I know when I kind of get that feeling, that hair on the neck or mm-hmm. little goosebumps that, you know, there's there's something around, something going on. Um, and I've heard other stories, so I, I'm walking around and I stop and all of a sudden I hear a, uh, a doorbell. So I go and look and there's nobody there. So there is a doorbell though? There is a doorbell. Okay. So there is a doorbell. But I, I went up and I thought, well, maybe someone's just playing a joke and, you know, the things you always think about, just kind of somewhat discounting it. Yeah, like though. somebody rang the bell, walked away, whatever. Sure. So I, I go back down in the, you know, area that I'm at doing some stuff and not even 40, 30, 45 seconds later, doorbell again. So I go back, I look at the door, nobody there. And mind you, I was waiting for some people, so I expected people and thought maybe, maybe they were trying, they to, come were trying to come door. through that door and okay. maybe they had left before I could get there, but it wasn't that far. So they couldn't have gone far and I would have been able to see them through the door. Still not thinking a whole lot about it, even though I remember some stories I've heard mm-hmm. with similar situations. Go back down for the third time, not more than 30 seconds doorbell goes again so this time I run I literally run to the door which took me less than 10 seconds okay nobody I'm like okay all right I see what's going on now and I went back down and I you know I've always been told if you just say you know stop don't do this anymore so that's what I said, mm-hmm. and sure enough, there was nothing else the rest of that time. So it stopped. So it stopped. You asked it to stop, and it. I asked it to stop. It stopped. I was happy. It was happy. Evidently, <laughs> maybe it wasn't because it. it I've heard it's a prankster. Okay. Um, it's a very mischievous. It sounds mischievous, like just right. Just eating mischievous. up your time. Right, eating up my time. Going. I know you need to be doing stuff, but I'm gonna just mess with I'm you. I'm gonna make you come to the door four times. And and it did at least three times. And and, I, and you know, and I just said, okay, that's enough. You gotta stop. I have things to do. And it didn't happen again. Ooh. So you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool because it wasn't one of those things where it gave me that kind of ooh, eerie, creepy yeah, kind so of feeling. Yeah, not super creepy, no, but no. just kind of playful. Very playful, and it's a nice change. We have a lot of creepy stories on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so you know, I I believe that you know, again, there's some that you know can really kind of give you the the chills, and then there's those that you just go, okay, I know you're there, but you know, just you do your thing. I'll do my thing, and we're good. As long gonna... as you don't interrupt me, we're cool. Right. As long as you don't do something that's going to kind of, like, scare me. I'm not expecting you, and, you're, you know, you let yourself be known. And, and that was uh, not the case this time. So it was unlike my other story that was somewhat different. Ooh, but, so, uh, so let's get into that one. Well, with that one, I was, I was actually in a different state down south, okay. and I was living there at the time. And... Uh, the person that I had been with passed away. So I had gone down to the funeral, and there was a bunch of us that went down, traveled together, and went down to the funeral with the family and stuff. And on the way back, um, I had a light come on on my car. 
And I didn't think anything of it because I wasn't really in the right frame of mind. So I didn't to care about right. That, so right. I didn't really care about it. I just looked at it. I'm like, okay, what? I gotta check my oil, or you know, I really didn't even think about what the light was for. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll do it when I get back. I only have a few more hours. So it was about a ten hour drive. That's I, quite a distance. Quite a distance. I get back, and about the time I hit the gate to get onto the property. Uh, on base, mm-hmm. um, I just had this feeling like I I immediately just said, "I know you're there, but I can't handle this right now. I don't want you to show yourself." Oh, so you felt like someone was there? I, I knew I knew she was there. I absolutely knew she was there, and I just it, but that was one of those where I put my my. Shoulders, Shoulders up, to, up to my ears and just went, please. And I would not look in the rearview mirror. I knew she was in the back in the back of the car. Oh my gosh! And so I went and I I called uh, a, a, a an ex of this person who had also gone to the funeral and said, "Do you mind if I stop by?" And they're like, "No, come on, you know, come over." I said, "Okay." So I stopped, and as I stopped, I knew that she was still there, and I literally ran into the house. And when I ran in, they just looked at me and, kid you not, I mean, kind of jokingly, they said, what's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost. I said, okay, well, let me just explain let to you, tell you my night. what is going on right now. And so I explained what was going on. And they informed me that the night before, they were sleeping, and this person came to them. And the, the one individual who was an ex said was talking in her sleep and the other person is trying to wake her up going you know i think she's just sleeping but she wasn't she was she was wide awake oh my gosh so she really did see her and they mm-hmm. said they had a conversation she was just trying to make sure that everything was okay and that was a the house they used to share and then she left they didn't f- they didn't feel her presence there again so I'm like, okay, once I calm my nerves down, I got back into my car because I had to go to my room, mm-hmm. and I could, she was still there. I you knew still she, felt it. Still it felt did, it. It didn't make you feel any better. No stop. better. She was still there. I knew she was there. I could feel her. And I just kept saying, you know, I called her by name, and I said, listen, I know you're there, but please just do not show yourself because I cannot handle it. You can't handle it right and, now. And, you know, because we had yeah. just come from the funeral and stuff, and I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. And I don't think I don't know if you'd ever be ready for that, honestly. No, like, I mean, you know, you're with somebody and then they pass away, and and you want to feel comforted by their right. presence, but I think that would be enough to make you question your Espe- sanity. Especially it's it's late at night, it's pitch black, dark right. outside, and it's a very long road of of nothing but just road. And would that be something that you think would easily spook you? Um. Not usually, no. Because okay. now I feel like I've, I've had several situations where that's happened that it, it doesn't doesn't phase me much anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but when I got into the car and I, I could feel her still there, I went, got to where my the room was, I got out, went into the room, could still feel her with me, mm-hmm. went to sleep, woke up the next day, and there was no feeling of her being around. I was kind of like, okay, Good. Deep breath. She's, she's gone on to other things so or not whatever. not on edge anymore. Not on edge. I go to get in my car, because remember I told you there was a light that came on. Right. Go to get in my car, and it, it won't turn. It won't crank, won't do, I mean, nothing. 
No click, nothing. No click, nothing. <laughs> so I have it towed. Now this is a brand new car. It was a brand new Mazda 323. Probably had less than 10,000 miles on it at the time. Okay. Took it to the uh, dealer and they're like, well, when did this happen? I said, I don't know. I was just driving it yesterday, last night. I mean, I got in at like midnight and I'm bringing it to you now. It won't start. And it was seven, eight o'clock in the morning. They're like, there's no way you drove that anywhere. I said, what are you talking about? They said, your engine is completely seized up. This would have happened like days ago. I'm like, I'm telling you, I just drove last night from Florida to North Carolina. They're like, there's no way. I said, well, <laughs> I did, and I got here. Like, I was there, I'm here now, I must have driven this it, car. Exactly. But they're so, telling you there's no way you drove there's it. No, they said there's no way mechanically that car could have gone that distance for the way it was seized up. It didn't, like, just happen. Wow. So, you know, for so any... So do you attribute that to her oh, getting abs- you home? Absolutely. That's, I, I feel that that's exactly why she was there was just to make sure that I got to where I needed to go. Oh my gosh, the, and you stopped. You stopped and I, in your I, trip and you restarted the and car. And restarted the car. And, wow. And, there was, and they literally said there's no way that this car has been mechanically able to drive for a couple days. I said, well, for a couple of days, I've been driving this car and I went, in fact, 10 hours from Florida to North Carolina and it got me home at about midnight last night. So they just, I didn't tell them obviously the story, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it just goes to show that. I Do they mean, just like not believe you? They're like, there's they, no way. Yeah, they just, they just didn't believe that I was actually driving. <laughs> I'm wow. like, I, I know where I was at and I know what car I was in and driving. It was mine. Wow. So, so yeah, those are the couple situations. So thank you so much for You're sharing welcome. these stories with us. That's really exciting. And if you have any more experiences, Oh, you'll be the first to know. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. This concludes episode two of Family Folklore, a paranormal podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's story. We know that you will love episode three. Tune in with us on September 14th when we sit down with the owners of a landmark in our community that has a very long and checkered history. And if you'd like to submit your own stories, you can email us at corningfamilyfolklore at gmail.com or join our Facebook group at Family Folklore Podcast. Family Folklore is produced by the Southeast Subang County Library, Erica Unterman, and myself. Our theme music is by Jay Mann at rmusicbox.com. Sound effects by Patrick Lieberkind and Spadenza through freesound.org. A special thanks today to all of our guests, Candy, Sherry, Melissa, and Bonnie. Don't forget to like and subscribe with us wherever you tune into podcasts. I think we're on most of the major platforms at this point. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and if there's any that we're missing that you think we should add, make sure you reach out and let us know. Be sure to tune in with us on September 14th for Episode 3. Until then, stay spooky out there.